<laughs> Sorry. All right, let's start the episode. Karen, please introduce our amazing guest. Karen. Uh, Karen. I, I, Karen, please introduce our Oh, my our God. Look what you've done. Well, hello, everyone. I'm Falling Karen. <laughs> nice. You just run it. What are you just hosted? Ask yourself the questions. Oh, well, after you just said it was going to be a snooze fest, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so looking forward to sharing my story. <laughs> Karen, welcome to the Chip Lunch Podcast. Thank you. It's really lovely to have you on. Uh, what's your? I always get your title wrong. I at don't church. know. Training pastor. Let's go with that. Training pastor, teaching pastor. They're both related. Yeah. Welcome. Thank you. It's lovely to have you on, uh, Braden. Why don't you ask the first question of Karen now that we've finally introduced her properly? <laughs> it's funny. We've only got two or three questions. I'm trying to remember which one's the first one. <laughs> <laughs> You'd think I would have figured it out by now. It's chip Karen, lunch. Chip lunch. Uh, how do you like your hot chips? Mm. Well, if it's if I'm sort of looking for a bit of a dirty treat, I'd have to Oof. just go, you know, chips with chicken salt. Oof. But yes, if I want something a bit fancier, I'd Love probably it. go chips with aioli. Ooh. Or maybe even garlic aioli. Ooh. Put some sweet garlic in that aioli. <laughs> 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 I always like to ask people... Uh, is there a special type of aioli that you like to use? You're like, that's the one I want to use. No, or is there a special really. location you like not to really, get? Not really, but actually from? in recent times I've been getting into the Kewpie mayo. So oh, I haven't yes. actually recently had a hot chip. I'd probably go Kewpie mayo. Yeah. Really? What is the difference between a, a usual mayonnaise or the original mayonnaise and Kewpie mayonnaise? I, I can't remember what it is. It's they either just use the whites or they just use the yolks of the egg. I can't oh, remember which one. Okay. Mm. Whatever it's delicious. Yeah, it is good. Is it? Yeah. I don't think I've actually ever had it, to be perfectly honest with oh, you. Oh yeah. Yes. It's yeah. Very good. That's right. We'll make this podcast about me again. <laughs> <laughs> uh the next question, Karen. I'm just gonna look up the difference between QP oh, and, okay. and mayonnaise. The is important question. <laughs> while I ask you that question, the most important question on this podcast though, is um how did you become a Christian? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, it was a process, I think, mm. like as as probably many people experience. But I, I was sort of in high school, later, latest, uh, mid high school, mm. early to mid high school. So like um, year nine or year ten? Yeah, sort of year nine, I, I reckon. Um, and I think I all like I was always, you know, a good girl, did the right, you know, what I considered to be what people expected of me, did the yeah. right thing, and. I was sort of getting to that age where some of my friends were, you know, going to pubs and it's like, I don't want to be doing that because I'm not supposed to. I'm not allowed to do that. I'm not old enough to do that. So I think that was part of it. I was looking for an alternative to, you know, a lifestyle that I didn't really want to explore. Yeah. Um, I was also really interested and I was like in the school musical productions and so I also like loved singing yeah. and some friends of mine who were part of a church were in a musical at church and they were like well you can come and be in this musical <laughs> but you have to sort of come to church to be in the musical <laughs> like, okay gotcha. so so I went along to um probably really more because of the musical so I started to go along to go Vaps and you know was in this musical they were they were welcoming me in even though I wasn't a Christian at that point mm. um and so yeah it was I think it was through that that introduction to a different community, an alternative community that was 
um, doing things that I felt were much more appealing than going to pubs and, and clubs and, and, you know, just doing stuff that was not what I felt like was a good thing for me to be doing. Yeah. Um, but I think what actually, for me, what was significant in that journey, that decision to actually finally become a Christian was um, one of my friends and her relationship with her dad and just watching that and go, wow, that's actually really quite different to what I experienced mm-hmm. and um, that being really appealing. And he was a Christian, obviously Christian father, modelling um, a relationship that I hadn't really seen. And yeah. so that was something that was actually really appealing to me as well. What is This is different. There's this sort of family belonging yeah. Um, that was different to what I had felt in my family. And, um, yeah, that, that was what sort of opened me up to being to just checking out what does the Bible say. And I do remember, um, that, you know, oh, praying the, the prayer so many times <laughs> in, in the services, like just not being really sure, do I, should I pray it again? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, so to pinpoint, a, you know, an actual day is probably hard. But, yeah, that yeah. process of, yeah, being open up being open opened up to this God in the Bible who was called Father, who, um, and then I had this other, you know, image of, of a Christian father that I was looking at going, wow, that's pretty special, that relationship that yeah. he has with his daughter. Mm. Do you remember um, what was, like, what was strikingly special about that relationship? Do you remember anything specific that jumped out or was it just generally the way they communicated? Yeah, I think it was, yeah, the... Yeah, just the n- more nurturing, connected, yeah. connected relationship that it was. I mean, I, I was close to my dad, and dad was a fun dad. He yeah. um, would always be out there. Well, dad was a fun, competitive dad. So you know, <laughs> if we were out there skipping so with rope, with a skipping rope, he would come out and show us how to do it, and you know, be able to do it more yeah. and well, faster. You're doing all, you're doing all yeah. wrong, guys. Yeah, let, yeah, me yeah, yeah. Yeah. let me show you. Let me show you. But yeah, there wasn't the spiritual part um, that was you know and I I don't know that I would have been able to describe what I thought was missing but I saw something different in that relationship with uh, between my friend and her dad that was like Mm. oh wow that's that's a special thing and then hearing about the love of God then you know as I went to church sort of connecting those things to those two things together and going oh that's that's uh, an interesting and appealing thing that I feel like is missing. What was the yeah. musical, by the way? Um, it was called It's Getting Late. I was in a few oh, uh, really? after that, um, in Joseph and his multicoloured coat and those <laughs> probably others. But I do really distinctly <laughs> remember this one. It's called It's Getting Late. And we had to do this particular song where we had to pretend that we were typing and you know, the song oh. was about It's Getting Late, Late. Late. <laughs> as, uh, would you describe yourself as a punctual person? Is that what it really drew you to the theatre? <laughs> no. Had nothing to do with punctuality, though. <laughs> just, just purely about singing. Oh, right. Yeah, no. Do you like to be late or do you like to be early, Karen? Uh, I like to be on time because I feel like it's disrespectful to the other person if I'm late. Yeah. Straight out, Page straight out of my book, too. <laughs> yeah. I like that. Yeah. yeah. I agree. Some other yeah. people agree with me or uh, disagree with me. Uh, there's someone at work who's like, oh, I just didn't grow up like that, so I don't care. You also but mentioned um, uh, one of the things that really drew you to God was the relationship you saw with um, yep. that she, ha- your friend had with her father. Her dad, yep. But then it was also, you talked about belonging. Yeah. And that was something yeah. that we actually talked to Grace about last yep. episode was that she really felt like um, becoming a Christian had helped her with having, uh, really helping with a sense mm. of belonging. Yeah. I'm just wondering why yeah. do you think you felt that way yeah. as well? Yeah, I think, like, I guess as far back as I can remember, I think I always knew that at some point my mum and dad wouldn't stay together. Mm. So I think, I don't know that that, 
Like I feel like I, um, as I reflect on how it affected me and my brother and sister, that I actually came through it pretty unscathed in lots of ways. Um, and I, as I look back on it, yeah, the oldest? Oldest, okay. yeah, as I look back on it, I think you know God's hand was on me through all of that before I was aware of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I probably it was that sense of oh, this is not very stable, and so whereas the relationship that I saw with my friend and her dad felt solid and stable, um, mm-hmm. the sort of you know relationship that you read about in the Bible between you know father and you know, between God the Father and 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 His people solid you know not unstable mm. so probably it was that and yeah belonging i guess is uh, i guess is tied to that because if it's unstable there's it could shatter so yeah well that was similar to grace that she felt that a certain instability in her life which is mainly came from having to move to yeah, lots yeah. of different places and yeah. having to establish herself in a, in a new country and those kind of things mm. added to that too so i can understand yeah how that sense of belonging comes from two different ways like yeah. your, your your own story and her story but i can understand why that that unshakable foundation is yeah. really really yeah. key to you knowing jesus yeah i think another big part of part of it of the whole sort of christian journey and uh you know learning of what it means to be part of god's family also is centers around the whole idea of self-sufficiency as well because i do remember as a kid and you know, hearing arguments and things in the house, having this thing that I used to go, if I've got 20 cents, then I know I can make a phone call to someone if I need to and I'll be able to sort out something. And so I think that bred a real sense of self, of sufficiency on myself, mm. um, which I think did serve me, okay, you know, like, well in trying to navigate some of the instability, but yeah. um, it, it wasn't helpful going into the Christian life mm. uh, with looking at what does it look like now to let go of some of that self-sufficiency and to trust now this father that I actually can trust. Um, that self-sufficiency serves you to a point. Yeah, to a point, it? yeah. But then if God's revealing that to you, then you, yeah. know, you need to now it's yeah. time to rely on me. Yeah. It's, it was year nine or year ten that you said that yeah, you really made it. Yeah, around that sort of time, yeah. 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 So um, you just mentioned the self-sufficiency. Was there anything else that you think really changed once you... Made the like the choice to become a Christian, and 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 answer that call that God was yeah. was making to you for quite a while. Um. Well, I I guess you know the things that I involved myself in changed, so I was less. I did still occasionally you know go go with my school friends to bars and pubs, but it was not my like wherever there was an alternative church, I would do that. Um. So. Yeah, friendships changed a bit. The people who I ended up being, who long, sort of more longer-term school friends changed a bit. Those who were more connected with church became the people that I was more connected with at school as well. So that, that sort of changed. Um, yeah, I think that sense of who you are in the world and that stability thing is probably what what changed. I, like, I think I was... I, you know, as I said, I was a fairly good girl, so I didn't. There wasn't major behaviours that I feel like I had to change, but it was more that self-sufficiency thing that's been, and has continued to be, think something that I need to continually work on and think about. What does it mean to actually sacrifice myself uh, and not, you know, be too in control of everything? Mm. Yeah. Can you think of a specific example where you would have previously relied on yourself, but then realised no, no, actually. 
in this instance, I'm rely. I'm actually going to rely on God. Not as not really a specific thing, but I think in in terms of decisions and you know, as like at that end of school, you're then moving into uni and work, and you know, there were I guess there were lots of occasions of thinking through, well, what's the next step in my life? Do I? So I went to uni and studied psychology, and but was and got involved in the um, campus Bible study stuff at on at uni. Um, and really involved in church and leadership and stuff at church at the same time, so I was that just that sort of you know career decision versus ministry decision. I guess that would have been one of the things where I was trying to be less in control of that decision and trying to be more open to well, what does God want? Where yeah, where would God want me to be serving Him? Where yeah, so but um, and I think yeah, I was feeling like that was going to be ministry, but it sort of didn't happen that way as in those earlier sort of parts of my my working life. Mm-hmm. Um, partly because, you know, I met Anthony, he went into ministry and I felt like, oh, okay, that's not going to be, we're both not going to go into ministry. Someone has to earn some money. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, but, like, it, again, in hindsight, that that maybe that was me taking more control of the decision than I needed to because I certainly learned over the years so I sort of reframed, you know, well, okay, my role is going to be to be a provider here and Anthony's going to be in ministry and that's that's cool. Um, but it was it was interesting that I learned, like God really taught me that you, you don't have to be a provider, I'm the provider. Yeah. Um, and yeah. you just need to be faithful. And so for, I think, yeah, like I think I started to l- let go of the control a little bit and just look at well, what does it look like to be faithful to the work that's in front of me. Mm. Um yeah, and then, you know, eventually now being able to actually be working in ministry is, I think, a really lovely blessing of God that, you know, he finally got me there, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so well, he, re- he really did. And we're really thankful for the, yeah, the, yeah. your commitment and effort that you put in for yeah. it here at church. So thank yeah. you for that. Um, you uh, mentioned Anthony, your husband. Mm-hmm. Tell us about how you guys met because it was at school, is <laughs> that correct? It was at school. It yeah. was at school and... Yeah, we weren't in the same groups of friends at school. I was in the more academic, <laughs> uh, more highly regarded by the teachers group <laughs> at school. <laughs> and uh, Anthony was in the group that was not quite that. Um, oh, come on. Was, uh, what, what, there yeah, was, there was one Bond very famous incident <laughs> that um, gets talked about a lot where, you know, I was also, you know, prefect and, well, you know, as you'd expect, <laughs> someone who's a good girl. Um uh, the the principal got Anthony into his office one day and pushed him up against the lockers and said, "What are you doing with Karen Alt class? Leave her alone!" Oh. <laughs> wow. So, and my yeah, my dad wasn't so in favour of it either. But um, yeah, you're a real bad boy. Wasn't yeah, he? he was a bit of a bad boy. <laughs> but he can tell his own story one day. I would yeah. love to get him on the podcast. We need to do that. Yeah, yeah. So um, yeah, we we sort of really, even though we were at school together, I didn't really because we weren't in the same circle of friends. We weren't really friends at school, but it was through church. He was at Gomi Baptist as well, and so. So through youth group and yeah, just getting to know him in that context was where that started. How long have you been married now? Ah, uh, don't you ask me that before I have to work it out. Oh. We got married in '89, so we have whatever that works out to be. Yeah. What are you uh, looking at me for? <laughs> no, I, I know that I'm not figuring out the numbers, bro. <laughs> All right, let's get the calculator. We've been together for about seven years before that. Right. 
So, so hang on. Yeah, we've been let's, together for longer than we have. It's 2022. <laughs> Minus. <laughs> Minus. 1989. 1989. <laughs> 33 years. There you go. Plus another seven. Seven, mm. so that's 40, 40 together. <laughs> 40 years, wow. Yeah, wow. Yeah. You're not that. I'm not, yeah, I'm only 41, so yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you got together very early. <laughs> we did. <laughs> <laughs> that's primary school. <laughs> did. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. uh, yes. Um, yeah, so was there, sorry, was there a question in that? Not really. Uh, I'm happy for you to yeah. dish as much dirt as you want <laughs> on Anthony. But, no. Um, it's fascinating that the teacher was that yeah, passionate yeah. about yeah, he was defending your honour. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's right. But yes, but yes, no, he, uh, he didn't see the potential that I saw. Hmm, I, like that. I like that way you would it. So <laughs> moving out of high school... You're saying that you decided to do psychology. What was yeah. the what was the thinking behind that? Oh, just <laughs> that, the, pun. that was the thinking behind <laughs> yeah, psychology. Yeah. Um, oh, I just always wanted to like do something with people, help people, understand people, and I don't know, maybe um, the I don't know whether any of my sort of family up life experience had helped with that. But well, well, there's a bigger story, I guess, with that. I I actually thought that I wanted to do medicine. Um, and that was what I was heading for Mm. and but at the time mum and dad's marriage was splitting up and mum was really passionate about medicine too and she went and did naturopathy and then I was really like oh is this mum's sort of wish for me or is this my Mm. uh, you know interest and so I didn't do it I actually think I would have liked being a doctor but in hindsight now but um, I think you would have an excellent bedside matter yeah but uh, no I did psychology instead so Mm. um and which I really enjoyed, and then, but I, I think I quickly worked out as I was at uni that counselling wasn't really the thing that I was interested in doing. So I sort of did more organisational psychology, and ended up working in that sort of area, HR and organisational psych. So what uni did you go to? New South. Okay, yeah. I've had a lot of New South people mm. on here, and you mentioned the campus Bible yeah, study was, was a big part, part of, of yeah. part of your life. What like we've spoken before? Uh, I actually said this on Grace's episode mm. too that we didn't spend much time at university. <laughs> we were happy to get out of there as soon as possible, yeah. and weren't really part of the university yeah. um, ministries there. But yeah. uh, Grace, it was a big part for her. For example, yeah. what about it yourself? wasn't a huge part. Like I didn't spend other than being uh, on campus for classes that was the only other thing I really did at uni was the campus bible study stuff and the so the like weekly I think I can't really remember I think there was like weekly sort of big lecture style get gather gatherings but there was also bible study smaller bible study so I was in both of those things um I didn't ever get involved in the leadership of it and I didn't go off to the big mid-year conferences and stuff like that because I was quite at that same time really involved in leadership at my church so it was like well I don't really have space for both of those things. So yeah. I stayed committed to the sort of local church ministry. Yeah. But um, That's exactly but what we kind of said yeah. too. We were like, oh, we need to get back to lead yeah. youth group and <laughs> yeah. stuff. Is that yeah. what you were That's doing, so youth group yes, as well? Yes, yeah. so I was yeah, in the youth leadership and then, um, yeah, probably youth leadership for all of the times I was at, that I was at uni and then moved into, um, in the church we had a, sort of government like like the leadership structure here but we had was called a diaconate so we were all deacons so I got involved in that pretty young as well um and I led women's ministry and small group ministry and other things mm-hmm. across the years as and well have you always been passionate to be d- doing some form of leadership like that it's it's something that always seems to happen and I do <laughs> love it. I can I've uh, definitely I love it um but I always find I try 
to not be the leader in yeah. groups and then just raise up to end up being a leader. <laughs> it, just <laughs> it just happens. I, don't, yeah. I think um, when you're in a group where there's not a leader and it's a bit aimless, that I find that difficult. So I'll yeah. end up... Yeah, I'm a little bit like getting that too. in mm. and taking some leadership. Yep. But I also do think God's gifted me in leadership and I it's something so. that I love studying and um, mm. teaching mm. as yeah. well. So, mm. yeah. How did you find, we've spoken a lot about like the lessons you learn through doing ministry, especially in yeah. early years. Mm. Did you yeah. find that God grew you in any particular ways yeah. during those yeah. early years? Yeah, there, like? there's. I think there's some really like standout moments of, like big shifts for yeah. me. The that you know God um, as provider one it was a really big yeah. a big shift for me that that I don't have to be responsible for that at all. I can just have open be really open handed about um, the decisions that I make and and just just trust God. It doesn't have to be about money making influencing the decisions. Uh, and so for when Anthony was in ministry and um, you know he was. He, he sort of launched the ministry and so there was very little money associated with that. Um, so the pressure was sort of to yeah. make money, but instead of making that the driver, we just made different decisions. We lived in a granny flat in the back of backyard of his house so that we, I could, you know, because I was also, you know, started to have a family. So, mm. you know, we I didn't rush back to work. I had time mm. off and those types of things. So, yeah, being freed to not make decisions based on economics and just yeah. trusts that God was going to provide. And there was so many examples of, um, you know, we were living in a granny flat that had an asbestos roof <laughs> and uh, didn't have the money to change that. Uh, yeah. And, you know, we, and we didn't tell anybody, you know, about that. But one, one day, just before Jake was born, a uh, check just came into the letterbox for the roof wow. on it you know things yeah. like that really specific provisions of god mm. um which just really reinforce that no i don't have to be worried about this stuff god is god has got that in hand um I, I think another thing that was really significant for me in that whole area of belonging is um the uh, passage in genesis where um, god's talking to um Hagar and Hagar refers to him as the God who sees me and I think that was yeah. that's a really powerful thing for me that um, that whole idea of you know God knows intimately your situation and you're the God who sees me um, I think that was really when I sort of came across that concept that was really powerful and significant f for me back then um, th I think the other thing like, there was a few times where like I really faced some difficult stuff that happens in life that happens yeah. in in all of our lives and the realization this was another big shift for me the realization that i couldn't actually recall a lot of scripture what yeah. came to mind was lyrics of songs <laughs> which was really helpful because yeah. they were based on scripture but it wasn't scripture yeah. and so that that really challenged me to now you actually need to have scripture like at those points where you've you know forced to you've tried all of your resources and you've gone to you know tried everything and you you uh, absolutely need to rely on God not having scripture to recall um was something that I realized that's that's not great so yeah so yeah. I started that journey of reading the whole bible a few times from cover to cover trying to be a bit more in, uh, invested in yeah you know having the word be the thing that comes out of my lips not the lyrics of songs <laughs> <laughs> well did you have a favorite song at that time though one that you oh, always I went back to Things like uh, uh, one that just comes to mind, which is really old, um, that, you know, put on the garment and pr of praise for the spirit of heaviness, like trying to 
turn back to God in those sort of moments. Those that that's something that's just come to mind. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, you know, other other things that were significant in that journey of like seeing the Passion of the Christ, the, that movie for the first time, and being so impacted by that's my sin that yeah. uh. contributed to that um, outcome. You know, knowing. Seeing that and having a visual for it, it changed the way that I read the Bible. You know, really. Um, so those sorts of moments. I've um, never actually seen the movie. Uh, Sorry. Oh yeah. We, um, we we sort of we don't do it every year because it's just too heavy to do it every year. But mm. we started a bit of a practice of watching it with the kids at um, Easter. Yeah. And just like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is this is what we're talking about. So um, yeah, they love that. Good, <laughs> oh, yeah. good, good Friday treat. Good yeah. family. Good family fun. Come right on, movie night, guys. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's that usual Good Friday movie yeah. night. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. So yeah, those types of those times, and you know, when I reflect back on those those years of living in the granny flat, how um, like how peaceful and happy times they were because we yeah. were we yeah, were cool. totally relying on God's provision. Um, as Anthony was studying, and I was. You know, on maternity leave, and yeah, so yeah. those moments where yeah, you're very close to God because you're really aware of His um, His direction, His provision in in the sort of day by day way. Yeah, yeah when everything is stripped back. Yeah, yeah. It's like that's what you've yeah. got left. Did yeah. you find that your relationship with God changed when you started a family, or was that something different? Um, I think your awareness of of like what love for a child and how much the sacrifice of giving up that child that you know you have more awareness yeah. of that yeah. i think i appreciated my parents more you know the mm-hmm. the stuff that they would have gone through that you're just oblivious to <laughs> um as a child you know um that but there was i don't know whether it was when i was having kids or if it was before that i'm saying you know one of the things that was really important to me was the concept of father and yeah. um yeah. I was at a church once, a charismatic Pentecostal church once, visiting on holidays, and they did this thing where they were just were singing, and then they just said, "Sing your own song to God. You use your own words to tell God what you think." And I really struggled with it, and I was, so I just sort of continued to sing the lyrics that were in the song. And I realised I actually have an issue with being able to express my feelings to my father, and so I really worked through that for a while. What does that mean? What does and like how can I get rid of my earthly image of father so that I can mm. um, see God the father for who he is. And I think that probably was at that time because I was watching Anthony with the kids and, and like, oh, how am I interpreting this father, yeah. father-child relationship? So, mm. yeah, so it was a really helpful um, experience to go through to go, I need to be able to express my feelings to God directly without I mean it's it's helpful to use scripture to do that and song to do that but I also need to be able to express my own words and that was yeah that was a sort of really significant learning moment for me as well and would your psychological sorry your studies in psychology would have helped you with that too I'll maybe just give it more labels. Um, (laughs) Not necessarily I think it's always hard to apply some of that learning to yourself. Yeah. Yeah. So. No is it always I mean, people that manage to be counsellors and psychologists and psychiatrists, I'm like, oh, I wouldn't be able to do it because I'd feel like I'd take on so many of the 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 emotions that those people were feeling. Mm. So you have to be a special person, I think. Yeah. We have to have a special ability to do it when yeah. you're doing that. I, I mean, I think it just gives you some, well, for me, it gave 
gave me frameworks to think about my thinking and mm. my attitudes about things and you know maybe when you observe other people's behavior you've got a framework to think about it in so you can yeah mm. not not necessarily make snap judgments about it but just think about okay well that's being influenced by certain things mm. so perhaps that awareness but yeah I, I mean I don't think people always <laughs> used to say to me oh you know so are you reading my mind now like as a <laughs> as if they knew that you did psychology <laughs> yeah so yes I do a class in that <laughs> just like every question you're like how do you feel about that yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. no I think but it how does that just raises you feel? your awareness yeah. of yeah how people may react to things but mm. Mm. I mean, I, th- I think, I mean, sorry to keep talking about myself, but I think that, I mean, going through some counselling myself has helped me with that yeah. massively to be, be able to aware. help and be mm. more aware and help other yeah. people too. Yeah. That was kind of why I asked the yeah. question. Uh, back yeah. to Braden's original question though, can you tell us about your kids? You've got two. Two kids, yes, two adult kids. Mm. Uh, one is married and has two children of his own, so I'm actually a grandpa- grandmother yep. as well. Um, yeah, so Jake is um, lives in Mollymook, is a landscaper, um, runs his own business down there and yeah, has two kids down there. Mm-hmm. And um, Beth is um, working at Baptist World Aid. She's just finished a master's and she's a delight to have still living with us, but she's <laughs> keenly looking for another Living arrangement. <laughs> Looking for the way out. <laughs> um, what was that? I had a question I was going to ask you. Oh, just in terms of, you also spoke about Anthony doing his ministry yeah, and also trying to work out where is the money going to come from mm. and relying on God to provide that for you. What was Anthony doing? And you said he started his own ministry. Yeah. And were you... Um, uh, receptive to that idea (laughs) to begin with yeah oh absolutely um so he went uh, again his he can tell his own story but um he left he was working in um well he was in hotel industry you know it so funny so he's an it manager the bad boy in it oh just um he's just not it (laughs) literate really Uh, but he was heading that up (laughs) and then he went and worked in a um a specialised IT company and realised this is just such a bad mistake. And at he the must time, be good in job interviews. Yeah, <laughs> 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 yeah well, he, I think he was doing well in the job, but he just realised this is not what I want to be doing. Yeah. And at that time, we were both involved in a ministry at the at Naomi Baps that was called Help in Living. So we used to just go out into the community and do whatever needed to be done. Um, you know, do the lawns and weed a garden for someone who was not able to do it themselves, whatever, that all that sort of stuff. And he was really loving that stuff. So he was like, I think I'll move into that. So so he went to TAFE and did oh, like a community services type of course and it was just so basic and so bad. And he's <laughs> like, what am I doing? I've left a job and I'm doing this. And um, I was pregnant as well. Mm. He'd resigned from his job but the same day that I found out I was pregnant, like all that oh. was great. You know? oh, so wow. let's trust God Classic. for this journey. Yeah. Um, and we just were coming back from the beach one day. I was like barefoot and pregnant <laughs> and we drove past Table College and it was like, oh, I think we should go in there. So we went in the, and the principal, of course, was there and said, come on in, let's have a chat right now. So I felt mm. super comfortable in that <laughs> discussion. <laughs> but uh, so Anthony went to Table College, did a um, – what his first degree was but he I think an undergraduate sort of degree in theology and counselling and then did a master's of counselling and he the first so the first ministry that he started was um, Southern Community Welfare which is now called Hopefield out of Gomi Baps so it was a counselling service 
out of like Christian counselling service out of the church. So that's what he started and so he did that for a lot of years and um, also then became the um, missions pastor and did both for a while. So yeah, I was totally on board um, with with that and yeah, it was they were really fun days where he was studying there and getting yeah. involved in ministry. Was it difficult doing that and you said you were pregnant with, uh, <laughs> it was with Jake obviously. Yeah, yeah. Was, yeah, how did you go with that? Well, we, as I said, we lived in the granny flat. Made it, was, it work. Yeah, just made it work. Um, yeah, so we sort of spent four years on and off. We house sat a couple of times in between those four years, but we spent pretty much four years in that granny flat. So as Jake got older, we partitioned the room with a, those vertical blinds. It was, yeah, <laughs> real effective. <laughs> <laughs> wow, okay. Uh, no, but uh, as I say, I look back on those days and think they were great. They were... Yeah. Um, yeah, it was fun and there wasn't a lot of pressure because we didn't have a whole lot of overheads and yeah. so, no, it was good. Um, yeah, and he um, yeah then went into sort of more missional, like as he, as he took over the mission pastor role, became very much passionate about doing overseas ministry and so with little kids I was like, well, I'm not ready to just go well. That, that was one of my biggest fears. If I just really um, give God the total control, he's going to say, great, off you go. Off you go to some other country. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> but but um, so he started travelling. And so from when Beth was two, he was doing long stints of mission stuff um, with African Enterprise and with other sort of mission-related stuff. Mm. So, yeah, so, you know, it wasn't easy. There were times where I felt like, well... And I, and I know that I said to him, well, every time you say yes to all these ministry opportunities, you're saying no to us. And we're just, well, yeah. you know, at home doing the, the family thing. Yeah. Um, but some of that's immaturity and, you know, realising that we're actually doing this together, we just have different roles, is um, part of growing in maturity and learning how to do that together. Also, so oh, just to validate stuff <laughs> with two young kids. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That would have been hard yeah. as well. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But uh, I was just going to ask what happened next, really. So you're finished university. Yep. You've had two children. Yeah. I'll be, well, working. I was working at um, St George Bank while I had those two kids. That's right. And yep. um, then I moved from there to I worked at, at I went back to uh, the University of New South Wales and worked in this sort of staff development training and mm. area there. Yeah. So. Training is something's passionate. Yeah, it's something that you're yeah. passionate about, isn't yeah. it? I can tell yeah. by the way yeah. you. Yeah. I mean, Absolutely. doing certificate of theology with you is that yeah, yeah. you're really passionate about that. Yeah. Why is that an important part of your life? Well, again, I think you know, along with leadership, I think that's one of the giftings that I have is being able to to teach people. And so, mm. yeah, I, I guess I love seeing somebody, you know, learn something new grow into their potential uh, yeah, mentoring coaching stuff is really um, meaningful for me as well because you you know you're seeing somebody grow and become you know more and more skilled in something or more and more um, aligned with God's purposes for them that sort of yeah so I, I just think that's a passion that God's given me and which is probably what I was trying to find in psychology you know that supporting equipping building up people uh, which yeah. is yeah, the, yeah. the part of the part of training that I love, um, 
Oh, look, I love talking, <laughs> imparting my wisdom. Um, you know, so it's like it's – but I, I much prefer the learning environments that are participative and that, you know, not just – I did a bit of lecturing where there's really no interaction. It's, that's not the sort of teaching that I like doing. Mm. So actually really being hands-on mm. with people and walking alongside them as they learn and is, yeah, the stuff that I love. So – no, I think you're yeah. really good at it. Yeah. In my experience, I think you're really great at <laughs> yeah. it. And uh, again, that's, well, you fulfill that role really, really well here at church, um, which I think sometimes goes unseen. And I, mm. I, I, I just want to shine a light on that because I think it's really important. Yeah. So, uh, so working at the University of New South Wales for quite a, quite a while... Yeah, I'm just a bit hazy on the, the numbers. <laughs> the, the numbers, That's maybe okay. maybe about oh, maybe about eight years, perhaps. Yeah. yeah, right. And then I left there and started my own business. So about oh. about twenty five years in my own business, running my own business. Were you yeah. okay? Yeah. What would so you say the thing like? And we obviously being about talking about being a Christian. What's the difference being a Christian working for someone as University of New South Wales, like you said, yeah. and also St George Bank before then, and then working for yourself? Yeah. Um. Uh, so many things that are different about that. I don't know about the, the Christ, like it's not different being a Christian in those environments, mm. but just uh, working for myself, obviously I could choose the work and say no to some of the work that I didn't want to do that didn't align with what, um, you know, I felt like I wanted to be spending my time doing. Um, but I think the, the, cha- the challenge of being Christian in the environment that you're in is the same everywhere and we're actually just talking about that in the internship today that we're caught we're we're not um we were talking about uh discipleship and mission and it's it's you know and i said we leo in what ways are we um for you know fulfilling the task of mission as we've been you know sort of mandate that we have on our lives to do be part of god's work in the world um, and the answers were all, oh, youth were, you know, when we're doing youth leading, when we're at church on Sundays. And, and I think it's easy for us to compartmentalise where we're doing, we're on mission when we're doing stuff that's associated with our church ministry. But I think we're on mission every day, everything that we do. So we, we were chatting about what does it look like to be on mission in the workplace? What does it look like to be um, someone who lives as a Christian and is visible, their good works are visible? Um, so, uh, yeah, I th- was re- reflecting on that a little bit. You know, when I left the St George, I don't think I was particularly intentional about how I was living my life as a Christian there. But uh, when I left, they gave me a little anchor. That my, my manager gave me an anchor and said, this, the reason why I'm giving you this is because you're really grounded in your faith. Oh. Not a Christian lady, wow. um, not a Christian team in any way. And so just recognising that. So, you know, I think... Yeah, just trying to be, trying to be transparent in the way that you live. Trying to make decisions that align with what you know God would want you to be doing. And in the workplace, you're often faced with choices to compromise that. Yeah. And so, yeah, not not doing that. It at, sometimes you don't think that people see it, but yeah, that was a really good example to me that that actually people do see it and notice that you're you're actually actually doing something differently than what we would expect the typical person in the workplace to do. Um, at the uni, it was different. There was, um, there are, yeah, I mean, same type of, I guess, same type of issues, but there was a few times where it was like, okay, well, I'm going to actually do something very different here than, than what's expected because it's not aligned with 
the way that God would want us to act. And that's part of why I left there. Um, I think I went to the uni because I was really hoping, you know, in that path towards ministry, I was hoping to do something that felt more meaningful. Like working in the bank was great, but didn't feel like I was actually doing anything meaningful in the world. And so I thought, oh, education, uni, that's going to be that. But it wasn't. Uh, it was just another big org- organisation. So, yeah, for me, getting into my own business allowed me to do work for Christian organisations and to be a little bit more... Um, like, we were really really open about the fact that we were Christians when we were working with... So we did a lot of work with colleges, um, vocational colleges mostly, and schools and, and higher ed stuff. But, yeah, we were really open about we're Christians uh, and we do this. So it wasn't that we were doing Christian work all the time, but we were really open about that we were all Christians. And there, and there was an interesting time in, our, in my business where we partnered with someone who wasn't a Christian... Uh, we sort of two businesses did some partnering together and in the end we were like no we need to part ways because this is an uneven yoke where it's not the best way for us to work so we separated so what was the actual business what were you actually the uh, service you were providing so working mostly with registered training organizations so like TAFEs private TAFEs Um, doing everything from writing curriculum um, delivering programs for them doing compliance um, just making sure that they were able to comply in a regulated environment. So some of it was very boring. <laughs> 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 Compliance is not my thing, even though I actually did it for a lot of years. Yeah, um, you do it better than I would. <laughs> it is very but, boring. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the, 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 but what I guess I loved about it was the flexibility. It was the cre- like creating content and creating training, um, but also helping organisations. Unfortunately... The nature of our business meant that we often worked with colleges who were in trouble because otherwise they don't need you to come in and help them. Um, so we saw the you know the ugly sides of organisations yeah, right. often, and so yeah. we were able to go in and help them fix that and help to you know, which in some senses was quite pastoral, because you know, okay. you're working with people who are really struggling and they're in trouble and they they they're facing getting their businesses closed down. So yeah. you know. That, um, and also it fits the kind of training, mentoring thing that you like doing as well. Yeah, right? it was all about that. Yeah. yeah. What inspired you to yeah. start that business? Was this like, oh, a I, bit could, of a I could job just do this on my own? Okay. Yeah, so I was working at the uni and, were, and I left with a colleague and we started the business together. <coughs> it was um, uh, the education department in Canberra wanted a um, coaching program for their early new teachers coming out of college so we went down to Canberra and ran a program for the education department on how, how to equip and support your new teachers as they come out so we just had that one job and we were like yep let's go let's keep doing this <laughs> let's go yeah. so we started with that and then um yeah just started to try and find work wow. after that so and 25 yeah. years you were doing that for yeah and I and again this is another way that God was really faithful I the the hesitation for going into business was I don't want to go and do marketing I don't want to go and find the work I'm not going to be yeah. good at that if someone asks me what how can I help them more than happy to tell them about the services that we can provide yeah. but to go out there and do the sort of cold marketing sell stuff, yourself kind of thing yeah didn't want to do that and never had to <laughs> God just brought work that's constantly really for all of those years yeah wow yeah that's really cool yeah, yeah. cold yeah. cold selling yourself oh, you've got to be yeah. a certain type of person yeah, to yeah. Do that, right? it's just not yeah and and there you know there were there was lots of stuff that I learned about trusting God in that because if anyone's you know ever run their own business or been in consulting, that you never it's never this nice steady flow of work. It's 
lots of work, no work. Yep. Yeah. And so trusting that there was going to be more work coming and not trying to get to, well, how do I, what do I do to create work? Um, but just to trust God for the next bit um, was, yeah, there was lots of opportunity to learn that <laughs> yeah. over the time. Yeah. What do you think God taught you over those 25 years? Like he kept providing that opportunity. Yeah. Was it just keep relying on me? And, be, and not be self-sufficient. I mean, that I feel yeah, that's, that I mean, seems that, that is a big it's that so is a big. big part of it. But mm. but I think also just um, it was a time that I think I was just growing in maturity as well. Mm. There wasn't there was nobody to fall back on. Um, you know, we had to make it work yeah. for ourselves. Um, there was just two of us. Yeah, if things don't so, get done, like yeah, yeah, you, you sort haven't of done it. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, <laughs> like, <laughs> but but it also pay. did it did give me space to actually you know be able to be involved in church ministry still yeah. to be flexible with that yeah. um to start doing some study to you know so mm. i think i just i just grew in maturity over that time um as well and and ha- and was able to balance being a mum and working so i could just totally make the hours work around the kids which was important i wanted to be around in the afternoons for the kids so it allowed me to do that yeah. Yeah. um and yeah be involved in in you know, we after that we didn't continue to live in the granny flat, but we did sort of just build a an extension on the back of Anthony's parents' house. And even though Jake had friends that had lovely waterfront properties in you know in Gaimi Bay and whatever, most of the time the kids would hang at our place, <laughs> which is uh, which I think is because we just because I was there. Um, like some places there was no parents and so just that you know if, if we go to the sales place we're going to get fed yeah. <laughs> <some snacks>. yeah. <laughs> we're going to yeah. get some snacks and but also I think that just that stability that I think I was looking for myself which yeah. that was just there like there was always someone there and I mean, you're providing that stability yeah, to others yeah, yeah. yeah for them so I think that was important so yeah for me staying in the business all that time I think allowed me to be at be able to provide that stability but um, yeah, I think just learning to trust God in it all was a big part of that. What about being a mum? I mean, yep. Jake and uh, over 25 years, obviously Jake and Beth grow up. Yes. Um, I know that Braden asked you that question previously, but just as uh, you look back on it, being a mum for a, min- a number of years now, what do you think that God really taught you in that? Because I, I really love the, the the things that you already said, but I, I feel like if we look at it as a whole mm. during that time, what else do you think he taught you being a mum? Like uh, the importance of being present um, mm. and being, like I always used to say to Jake more than Beth because Beth didn't sort of go out really late at night ever really, <laughs> but Jake would, um, you know, just or just for them to know it doesn't really matter where you are, what you do, at any time I'm available yeah. um, and just call me and I'll come, um, yeah. you know, and no no judgment, just I'll come. So I think that presence and that, I think just that relationship that you can have with your kids when you are engaged in their lives and yeah. open to what are, you, what are you interested in and I'm, I'm going to be part of that. Um, a choice, like I think we gave our kids a lot of choice in um, – what they wanted to do, what you know, just different decisions you know that you make as a family. Yeah. One and again, like I think I probably drew on a leadership paradigm for that 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 I used in my work, but I used it with the kids, and I actually taught the kids the leadership paradigm that there mm-hmm. are certain situations where we're going to talk about it and we'll decide together. There's some that I'm going to ask you about, but I'm going to decide. 
Um, there's some that I'm not going to ask you about at all and I'm just going to decide. And yeah. there's some that I'm going to go, you know what, I don't need to be involved. You totally decide. Yeah. And so we, we talked about that and I would say, well, this is one of those occasions where you can just decide. You're yeah. equipped to decide and others would be like, nah, like I heard what you said, but <laughs> we're yeah. doing it this way. Um, so, yeah, I think I um, wanted to instill in them that they have capacity to also contribute and try and empower them in the ways that God's created them. And yeah. um, I think that I, the only thing that I regret as I think back on parenting was not, there was, there was Jake was really passionate about, um, well, he got really passionate about and concerned about people who were homeless for in a few, because of a few things that we'd involved the kids in. And there was one, it, he would go to bed at night and there was one night where he said, mum, there are people asleep are going to sleep on the streets tonight, aren't there? It's like, yes. And, mm. well, can we go and do something? And I'm like, mm, you're in bed, dude. Like, we'll do something, but not now. And, I like, I look back on that and go, maybe there would have been things that I could have actually actioned that he was really wanting to do. Um, and I'd sort of, like, he, he was probably seven. Like, no, <laughs> yeah. I'm not, we're not going to go out on the street now. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, yeah, that those sorts of things I look back and go, oh, maybe I could have done that a bit differently. Yeah. But... Yeah, trying to expose them to stuff so that their world wasn't just little. Yeah. You know, living in the Shire um, can be very little. And, yeah, I think because Anthony travelled so much and brought back stories of the ways that people live in other parts of the world, Mm. we were pretty intentional about trying to help the kids in appropriate ways understand that, you know, the world is is not all like we experience. Yeah. So... No, yes, it's, yeah. I think that's a, quite an important thing yeah. to to give people perspective. Yeah, you're going to ask something, yeah. Brad. Oh, just you've been at. It's kind of weird to talk about a time where you weren't at Soul Revival because <laughs> you've been here for a while. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> what what um, attracted you and yeah. why? Like, what is what what attracted you to come to Soul Revival yeah. and like what made you decide to just stick to around stay. and call here yeah. home? And yep. you're obviously on staff now and yep. stuff. So yeah, yeah. Well, it was really because. No, no. Beth's probably going to shoot me for talking about her, but anyway, <laughs> uh, she she was. It was sort of at a stage I had been in um, leadership at Gaimi Baps for a lot of years, and there was the constitution said after three terms or whatever you have to step off yeah. for a term. So, oh, okay. so I, I was in that stage where I wasn't actually serving as on the diaconate on the leadership team. Um, and Beth was an odd word, diaconate <laughs> deacon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, you did say that before, yeah. sorry. But diac- okay, sorry. Keep um, going. So sorry I wasn't, to I wasn't serving on that. So I was just sort of attending church as a regular member. Um, Pleb. Yep. And it was interesting because <laughs> it was like, wow, this feels really different yeah. to not know all the things that you know when you're on the leadership right. teams. Yeah. Um, but Beth wasn't very connected. She didn't really have a lot of friends yeah. and she was looking for something else. And so she knew Stu through Chip Lunch from Kiriwee High. So yeah. She was like, oh, I know about this church plant that's happening um, yeah. and I think I might like to check that out. So we, you know, she said, you know, would you come with us? So because it was Saturday night and church for us well, was Sunday, Sunday yeah. we did both. So I, we would go with Beth, but it was really with the, for the, in- with the intention of helping her settle in and yeah, then we yeah. would just continue on at Gaimi Baps. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't think – I wasn't particularly seeking anything, but mm. the experience of community that – we, you know, we experienced when we arrived, um, even just like the very first night um, was 
pretty powerful and it was like okay I, this is I didn't realize I was missing this mm. um, and I and I think given it was at a time when I did was feeling a little bit disconnected because I wasn't part of the you know my experience of church was different yeah. it was probably even more impacting but um, I just yeah I was, we were really impacted by things like you know Ange, Ange Graves straight up talking to us yeah like not just a whole high but like a good friendly conversation Quinn I remember also mm. uh and yeah. and then after a few weeks down and Renee like inviting us over for lunch, it's like, well, yeah. why would you want us to come? <laughs> it was like really foreign. Like we're we're old. You're not our age. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, you know, but finding that really appealing and that that sort of real sense of community. So, yeah. so then we were like, Beth, do you mind if we stay? <laughs> right. Yeah. So that was that was. And you also had. Uh, some connection with Stu, our senior pastor, right? You well, were Anthony sort of grew up with him. Yeah, yeah we, yeah, yeah, we, because yeah, we're sort of. He wasn't in my year, but Anthony grew up with mm. him, and yeah, sort of mm. knew. And when we were living in the granny flat, they were actually across the road at the Crawshaw oh, right. house for some of that time. So, okay. yeah, so there was a bit of overlap there. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. You came just as a, a regular church attendee. Yeah. Then how did you end up being <laughs> on staff in the church? It seemed, it's, it's, there's a bit of a pattern here, Karen, because you keep saying that, that you just keep... <laughs> just you're like, I just... I just I, the situation... Right. I find myself in that happened. situation. Um, well, I started getting involved in Berea because it yeah. was something that was really... You know, I came along as an attendee to the Wednesday night at the time. It was sort of regular Wednesday night. Yeah. Um, tutorials so I came along to that really enjoyed loved you know sitting under the teaching of you know people like Tim and Anthony Elliard and Stu and I really enjoyed that and um, so then got involved in the service team and mm. um, I can't remember what the there was like a project sort of task that was needed and Stu was like would you want to just do that as a consultant for and so we sort of did that did that bit of work I think it was just reviewing or writing up some bit of the program I can't really remember what the first thing was <laughs> um, and yeah so that went well and, <laughs> and it was and because I was a, in my own business and consulting I've had flexible yeah flexibility to be able to go well I can do this x number of hours or a day a week or whatever so it started like that and then it just grew into <laughs> More days. Yeah, no, no, it's great. Uh, if you are listening, you can hear some noises. It's the yeah, uh, year five and six group fuse next door, but that's that's yeah. that's. I oh, just yeah. letting everyone know that it's not a yeah. gigantic basketball yeah. game going on somewhere yeah. <laughs> nearby. But uh, it was. But the experience of um actually coming onto staff as a pastor that sort of surprised me mm. that it was I was going to be called a pastor. I was like, well, yeah. I don't, mm. I don't have theological training. I was like. Really? I just can't. You just call me like a trainer. <laughs> so, yeah. Which and it was that was a really. I had always wanted to do theological training, and that was a really um, good, you know, prod to yeah. its time. <laughs> so and I think you, you also just have such a good set of skills. I feel like the theological training that you're doing is amazing, but this training that you, the lot training and life experience yeah. you already have is. Like I just sit down sometimes with Beck when I, you are just able to do things like and articulate things in ways that I could just never do. Like the way that you put things together or training things or she'll be like, oh, look what Karen did. I'm just like, oh, my gosh. Like, <laughs> yeah. It's so yeah. like yeah. it just shows how like yeah. there, there isn't just one particular path like for people to end up being yeah. pastors because yeah. otherwise you're just going to end up with the same people doing yeah. the same things. Yeah. I think it's yeah. so useful to have someone who comes from that 
that kind of school of thought that yeah. you've been through. Yeah. And it's, it just shows in the yeah. awesome things you're able to do. Yeah, and I, I often reflect on that as the path. That, like So often there'll be a piece of work or something that, like now here or in my, some of my previous roles, yeah. where I go, actually I've done that before and can st- like I don't have to start yeah. from scratch I've got that thing and I've mm, got or I've got mm, that thing mm, yeah. and so yeah as I think about how God's equipped me for ministry yeah. um, all of those pieces were are now being used were yeah. yeah they were parts of yeah that journey of preparing me for ministry yeah he's yeah. not just like provided you for you like financially yeah. along the way like yeah he's provided it, with you with experience and yeah. things that are now helping yeah. you yeah. And bless our church through. It's yeah. so it's yeah. yeah. It's so crazy when you look back at yeah. the way things work out sometimes. Yeah. It's yeah. like he has a plan or something. It's, yes. <laughs> it's not random. Yeah. Even though you feel like it's random yeah. at the time. But yeah. it's like yeah. mm. Or you feel like you're making your own choices. <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, but yeah. God's mm. well, and maybe sometimes we are, but God can still use them. Yeah, so, exactly. Yeah. Uh, Karen, if I may, can I ask you the final question that we like to ask yep. on the podcast? Yeah. When you look back over all this time that we've kind of reviewed, yep. <laughs> as a training word, audited. Um, <laughs> yeah, there is a, an assessment coming. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, for all the listeners, yeah, yeah, it's in right. a multiple choice. Click now. on the link below in yeah. the show notes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> what? <laughs> How old am I? <laughs> uh, looking back all over over all of that time, uh, what would you? wish that you told your younger Christian self yeah. Yeah. that you know now? Yeah, I think what we were just sort of reflecting on then, yeah. that um, I think I thought for a lot of years, oh, my path's not ministry. Um, yeah. And, um, yeah, like I'm supporting Anthony in ministry. It's not, you know, and I, I mean, you know, in saying that I was really involved in leadership at church, but as like as not professionally like and so yeah maybe there's a couple of things that God's got a plan and he's actually implementing it even when we don't know so if I could you know tell myself when I you know had that realization of oh Anthony's going into ministry I'm not because I did actually get offered a job as um, a small groups leader pastor from a church in Melbourne and but it was at that stage where we Anthony and I weren't married and it was like oh if I go that's going to end that like what's going to happen and so I didn't go um but, yeah, if I could, like, tell myself back then, that's going to happen, like, God's got a plan and, and he will get you there. Like, that would maybe have changed the way that I viewed work along yeah. the way and actually appreciated the experiences as stuff that was going to be able to be used. Um, yeah, so I think that's probably one of the things. And there was something else that's gone out of my head now. Oh, that's all right. <laughs> well, I think it's a good place to end on the podcast. Uh, as we say, we like to wrap up the chips. But um, I've really valued you having you on the podcast, Karen. Thank you very much. I'm sure as, as Braden is. And as Braden said, you're, you're a big blessing to our church. And I was just thinking about uh, a number of times you talked about self-sufficiency and, and learning that we need to rely on God. But yeah. also... Um, uh, recalling that story when you're at St George Bank and they gave you the anchor and mm. they said you're really grounded in your faith mm. and I think that all of the things that we've talked about in your life have mm. been have examples of being grounded in mm. your faith like whether it was when Thank you. you were you know becoming uh, just a newly married couple and Andrew's like starting oh, sorry Anthony not Andrew jeez <laughs> Anthony is starting out you know ministry and yeah. you're like where's the money going to come from and same with when you're having kids yeah. and then same when all these times that you continue to rely on God 
not being self-sufficient because you were grounded in mm. your faith. And yeah. I think that's a massive encouragement to me yeah. and hopefully for everyone listening So, yeah. and watching, if you're watching on YouTube. <laughs> but um, thank you. Any yeah. final words, Braden? No, no final words of no. wisdom or prophecy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, let's wrap up the chips. Thank you so much, Karen. And we always Fair like enough. to finish with a, a one-way if you, you wish to join us in that. Yeah. <laughs> right, one-way. <laughs>